Welcome to the Elevate Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. I am your host and mindset coach, Tyler Johnson. If you are a return listener, we would love your rating and review. And whether you've tuned in today to elevate your mindset, your game, or just your day, you're in the right place. My guest this episode is currently the director of sports psychology at the University of Massachusetts. Her work has been published in several academic journals. She has a focus on athlete mental health and well-being, integrating gratitude not only into her work, but also her life. Welcome to the show, Dr. Nicole Gabbana. How are you today? I'm doing great, Tyler. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Good. We're excited to have you on. I've heard you uh, on a few other podcasts of uh, some guests that we've had on here as well. Um, so pumped to have you. First question wanted to ask you is, what got you fascinated with sports psychology and performance into where you got today? Yeah. Well, I've always been interested in psychology, probably since high school, and just learning about why people do the things we do, um, and learning more about human behavior and, you know, these different trends in the way that we think and how our thoughts can affect the way that we feel, the way we behave, the way we relate to others. Um, so that was my initial interest in psychology. And... I have played sports my whole life. Uh, I was a rower in college and someone told me about this field of sports psychology when I was looking into grad schools. And so I just picked a master's program in athletic counseling and thought, I'm going to give this a try and see if I enjoy working with this population and just fell in love with it. So I love working with high performance and as an athlete myself, it's just a fun environment to be in and I get to do what I love, which is working with people and um, helping them understand, you know, how their brain works and, and how that can impact performance. I know from looking at some of your work, it includes some of my personal favorite things, uh, elements of gratitude, resilience. Can you talk a little bit about how those two intertwine and, and why some of that's been some of your focus? Sure. So gratitude has been a topic that's been near and dear to my heart for the last few years. It started when I was in grad school and I was doing some research with a mentor of mine who had a grant looking at the impact of cultivating gratitude and how that could affect mental health and improve mental health outcomes. Um, so gratitude has always been a virtue that's been instilled in me from an early age, just with my family, with my faith. And, um, and I started to learn more from a scientific perspective, how developing a grateful mindset could impact the way that you think, the way that you feel, how you process experiences, how you maintain perspective in times of adversity. And uh, the connection I see to resilience is that, you know, often we think of gratitude when everything is going well, like there's yeah. so much to be grateful for, there's so many good things, and it's easy to feel grateful when there's a lot of good happening and things yeah. are going really well. Um, but actually developing a grateful mindset or building gratitude practice into your mental routine 
your mental preparation routine, your mental training routine, is developing this habit that allows you to keep things in perspective, to balance out the adversity, the negativity, the things that you have to improve upon, balancing it with this awareness and recognition of the good that is still there, even during tough times. So we see that when we practice gratitude and we intentionally take time to notice the good, that it helps us to see those things um, and shifts our perspective more quickly when we get stuck in that negative rut. Yeah. So it can help us be more resilient because it, um, it becomes a, a cognitive shift or a, a mental habit. I'm a journaler. That's how I like to get my kind of morning, get a few sentences out. That's, that's one element I like to personally include. What are some mm-hmm. other simple ways that something works for me? There's a lot of other ways. What are some other simple maybe ways throughout the day or something maybe you utilize or you advise athletes to utilize that they can tap into, whether it's the morning or later throughout the day? Yeah, so I'm a big journaler myself, so I really like writing things down. And there's been a lot of research that has shown that something as simple as writing three good things that happened to you that day and why you feel grateful for that, um, that that can produce a shift in your mood, um, in your, your mental health, your well-being. <laughs> and We're grateful you got a package, right? <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So the, the other ways, if you're not a writer, if you're not a journaler, then, um, you know, sometimes people like to use an app. There's an app called Gratitude. And um, you can keep track of those things in your phone if you're more of a texter or a typer. Um, They also have um, other kinds of apps where you can, or you could just do this on your own, where you take pictures of things that you feel grateful for, like, you know, once a day, just kind of using it as like more of an artistic capture of of something you feel grateful for. but even thinking about it or, you know, meditating on it or building it into your prayer routine, if you're spiritual, um, having conversations about it, that's one I really like, you know, whether it's with a friend or a partner or your kids or your athletes. Um, I, I recently was on a podcast um, and the, the interviewer shared that he does like a happy dinner um, so he has his kids like reflect on, you know, things that made them happy that day. Cool. And so really just intentionally talking about it. It's, it's really common for us to talk about the things that are stressful yeah. um, and journal about things that are stressful or just to get that negative emotion out. And we don't often take time to do that when things are good or we notice the good because everything's good. So why would we do anything about it? But it can really extend and, and uh, amplify those positive events and emotions when we take the time to write and reflect on it. I love that. Uh, how do you see currently kind of the role of meditation, mindfulness, uh, as it's kind of evolved the last few years? And then how do you kind of see that spirituality moving forward uh, as it applies to performance and development? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's been a lot of research uh, that's been done on mindfulness in the last few years. And 
as we know, it's not a new concept necessarily. Right. Meditation and, and prayer has been a large part of many spiritual and religious practices and philosophies for centuries. Um, but, you know, with the work of, of John Kabat-Zinn, he's really um, kind of modernized the understanding of, of this traditional practice. And so it's mindfulness is essentially paying attention to the present moment and um, having this attitude of non-judgment toward it, of, of really being mindful of your experience in the present. That could be being mindful of your thoughts and attending to your thoughts, having that awareness. And the key there is to, to not judge yourself for having certain mm -hmm. thoughts that working in that, just the observation practice of it. And I think it can be really helpful because sometimes we become so attached to the thoughts that we have, or we just automatically treat them as true or factual because they're thoughts that we're having in our head. And so um, mindfulness practice, I think, can be really useful of just gaining some separation or some distance and uh, just that distinction between this is a thought that I'm having rather than this thought is reality, if that makes sense. For sure. Um, you recently transitioned to a new role at, at the University of Massachusetts uh, during the pandemic. Um, one is, what has it been like trying to develop those, you know, you talked about the beginning, the people, the relationships. Um, what has, has that been like and what alternative ways have you found maybe through digital means uh, or other ways to connect with uh, some of your new colleagues and athletes? It's definitely been an interesting transition. So I started this new role in May, right after the pandemic hit. So most of my work has been virtual with both individual athletes and teams and coaches and staff. So there's still many people I haven't yet met in person, believe it or not. And uh, I'm excited this semester because we're actually bringing all of our athletes back to campus. So it's been a challenge, but it's also provided an opportunity to be creative and innovative. So I'm doing much more virtual work, more teleconsulting, telecounseling, which I probably wouldn't have learned the ins and outs of that if it hadn't been for COVID. Um, so I, I was skeptical at first. I thought it would be harder to build those relationships over a screen and on Zoom, but I've been pleasantly surprised, you know, how well I can get to know people, how connected I do feel to our staff, our coaches, our athletes, and those relationships that we've been able to build for the time being um, and I think it's the nature of what everyone's having to deal with. So even for people that already knew each other, you know, they're not, they weren't necessarily allowed to be together last spring and then through the summer and the fall for some of the athletes and teams. So it's been a challenge, but I, I think it's brought everyone closer together and it just makes people that much more excited to be back in person. And it makes me excited to get back in person and, and see, um, really experience the fullness of UMass athletics, you know, once everything is, is back into the full swing of things. Right on. Well, as we move that direction, uh, what are some things, you know, getting our teams back together, uh, our leaders getting back around their peers and things like that? What are a few things that 
maybe you've liked or seen in your career to help kind of develop some of that in-person chemistry as teams get back together? Mm -hmm. I think the, um, just the team building itself, you know, being able to get to know each other better and to develop quality relationships with teammates, with your athletes, with your coaches that goes beyond the field. So, um, you know, whether it's doing activities that are unrelated to sport together, um, socializing together, but also doing exercises or activities that um, that inspire people to get to know each other on a more personal level. Yeah. That's a lot of the, the work that I do at the team level is helping uh, performers, helping athletes, team members get to know each other at the person level versus just at the athlete level. Mm -hmm. um, and we know that, you know, when, when people have a better understanding of others, that that can also develop higher levels of empathy for others yeah. and it just creates a greater sense of authentic connection uh, and caring which you know when you when you care about people and you feel cared about and valued as a contributor as not just an athlete but as a person I think that's when you see you know that that work ethic that effort um at its highest because you you care you care about your team members there's a, a higher value than just yourself or just the outcome i like how you talked about that because i think i work with a lot of football players coaches and things like that and i think when even myself and in the past when you hear team building people think of we got to do some obstacle course or some navy seal like carrying logs together mm -hmm. and, and i think there's a place for that type of team building but i think can you talk a little bit more about how just the essence of team building can just be getting to know each other on a deeper level and, and how those connections can fuel the empathy and, and I think a lot of the other brain chemicals, oxytocin that get us to perform at, at higher levels. Yeah, for sure. So when you mentioned the, the carrying logs and stuff, it just made me think of like how many obstacles we had to face during COVID. And I, sure. I think we've all carried our fair share of logs during this time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so there's no doubt that going through exercises like that, um, and experiences like that where you're facing this adversity together, I think yeah. that can be a, a way to unite people. And I, I think that's what some of those physical exercises get at is like, let's work together to do this hard thing, yep. um, which we know is also reminiscent of sport itself. So I think there's value in that, but there's also okay. so much value to be gained through, um, just getting to know people on a deeper level. So for example, um, you know, sometimes I'll do exercises with teams where we'll have like a grab bag of questions that just prompt us to explore different topics, personal topics, like, you know, what's an experience that you had when you felt like this, or, um, you know, what's something that you're really grateful for um, in this past year and why? And through these discussions, um, most of my team sessions are discussion-based. It's, it's just a way for people to open up and to share more about themselves and also for 
the other team members to learn about their teammates, about their coaches. And uh, we know from the research that one of the, the ways that we can increase empathy is through perspective taking. And it's hard to take someone's perspective until you really understand where they're coming from and what emotions they're having, what they're feeling, what they're thinking, and really trying to understand why that is. And, um, you know, we see this a lot too with, with just understanding people that are different from us who have had different experiences from us, that it's easy to, to say like, well, that hasn't happened to me. So I don't, I choose not to believe it, or, you know, I don't, I don't think it's that big of a deal, but until we've really intentionally tried to put ourselves in that person's shoes and understand where they're coming from, the experiences they've had and how that shaped them as a person. Um, when we understand each other on that deeper level, I think we're able to, again, have more genuine, authentic connections. And, um, and it gives us information of, about how we can better work together, because you, you understand like what makes your teammate tick, or, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, what kind of communication they, style they have, or, you know, um, what kind of family they grew up in. And um, it just allows you to feel more connected to that person. No doubt. Um, two more questions. One, if you could jump in a DeLorean, go time machine back to 16-year-old self, what's one truth that you would tell 16-year-old Nicole that you've learned through, on your journey through sports? Mm, that's, a, that's a good question. That's an interesting question because um, you know, there's, there's so much that I believe you have to go through, like you have to experience to truly know it. Um, I'm sure that there were plenty of things that people told me, my, my younger self that I was like, yeah, yeah. And then you, you figure out over time through experiences. Um, I think first I would, would tell her that I was proud of her, um, you know, just for, for getting through some stuff and um, but also in the sense that uh, I think something that I see a lot of people struggle with is this feeling of not being good enough whether that's you know in our work lives in our productivity in our sport performance in our appearance in our social life whatever it is um, that's something that I hear a lot from clients and, and um, have felt myself at certain times. Um, so I, I think it would be, I'm proud of you and you are good enough. <laughs> you are more than good enough. And, um, and just an understanding that, that, that in itself um, exists without any type of achievement or accomplishment, just in uh I think for me, my, my spirituality is a big part of, of who I am. And just in that, knowing that I am loved, knowing that I am a child of God. So um, that it doesn't need anything beyond that. That's at the, the base of being good enough for me. Great advice. Um, last question. How do you define success? What is success? Another, another challenging, great question. I would say success for me is doing my best 
So something that I'm very grateful for that my mom always told me when I was growing up was just do your best. And uh, that, that expectation, I think, was very healthy for me, um, rather than you need to do this, or you need to do that, or you need to reach this, you know, straight A's or whatever it was. It was, it's okay if you don't get this outcome as long as you know you did your best. Um, so it was much more of an emphasis on the effort given rather than the result. Um, so defining what your best is or what my best is and holding myself to that um, would be my part of my definition of success. And then I think another part of that is using every moment or every phase of life situation that I find myself in, whether that's personal life, whether it's professional life and seeing it as an opportunity. You know, even if there are things that I still want to do in the future, there's goals that I have that I'd like to reach, um, not being so focused on the future that I forget to appreciate the present. Um, and if there are hard things that I'm dealing with in the here and now, in the present moment, um, how can I use them as an opportunity to get better in the future? So I mentioned the thing with COVID, like, learning all the virtual practice and, yeah. and all those things, um, you know, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have chosen for there to be a, a global pandemic and to go through that, but there are opportunities that that creates uh, for you to be more creative, to be innovative. Um, and I actually heard from one of my athletes the other day that they said, you know, if I could, if I could go back and take away everything that's happened in the last year like i i wouldn't because it has changed me it's impacted me and it's taught me a lot of things and i thought that was yeah. so incredible no doubt um and that, i think that's really the definition of resilience and um redemptive gratitude it's like seeing the good in some really bad circumstances yeah.